Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Because no man can be friends with a woman that he finds attractive. He always wants to have sex with her. So you're saying that a man can be friends with a woman he finds unattractive? No, you pretty much want to nail him, too. Greg? No, I don't like to eat between meals. I'll roll down the window. Faceless guy rips off your clothes, and that's the sex fantasy you've been having since you were 12. Exactly the same. Well, sometimes I vary it a little. Which part? What I'm wearing. You tell her about other women. Yeah. Like the other night. I made love to this woman, and it was so incredible. I took her to a place that wasn't human. She actually meowed. You made a woman meow? Hello and welcome to Rewatchability, the podcast where we rewatch old movies and TV shows to see if they hold up over time. My name is Blaine Waters. With me, as always, is Robert Larond and J.M. McNabb. And joining us is Simone Paget, a, uh, a columnist for the Toronto Sun and a blogger at SkinnyDip.ca. Hey, hi. How are you guys? <laughs> Good. Good. Thanks for coming on. <laughs> Thanks for having me. You're not even going to say why we are having her on. Like, what's her area of expertise? Well, your your relationship. Well, I mean, I, I think you can speak to it to it. <laughs> yeah, so I'm the nationally syndicated um, sex and relationship columnist for the Toronto Sun. And then I also blog about similar topics um, on my own personal blog at skinnydip.ca. Perfect. That's awesome. I love relationship columns. Yeah. And sex and love advice. Did you did you like Dan in real life? Because that was about a, like a relationship column. Yeah. I don't remember. It's like a sponsor. <laughs> But I may just ask for some uh, later after we've finished recording. <laughs> <laughs> some <Okay>. advice? Okay. <laughs> That's why we I, got you I, on I, here to, <laughs> to help Rob tro- out. Yeah, we're Trojan horsing some advice for Rob. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it uh, might yeah, be like the, the blind leading the blind, but I will try my best. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we're actually here to talk about When Harry Met Sally, the Rob Reiner film of 1988. Starring Billy Crystal and Meg Ryan. I thought it was 89. Yeah, that's was what I would say, too. Isn't this like your favorite movie? I thought you it's, loved this. I do love it. I just watched all the documentaries, and they always say 88, because I think that's when it was made. Oh, so yeah. So I'm, I'm confused, because I love it too much, okay? <laughs> um, but before we begin, I want to uh, shout out to our Patreon supporters. Thank you so much for donating one, three, five dollars a month to keep us going. And to HelloFresh.ca, where you can go and uh, type in Rewatch50 to get 50% off your first box of delicious food that you cook yourself. Yeah. You can even cook it for a date if you can manage to get one. Yeah. Or a best friend that you want to... 
<laughs> now, Simone, how do you get a date in this one? <laughs> no, you can't no, just stop. ask me for what advice. No, this is not. This is going to be the whole podcast. No. Okay, all right. Um, but let's go around and talk about when we first saw this movie. Rob, when did you first see this movie? I never saw this movie. You've never seen this movie no. before. What are you talking about? This is a huge film. Yeah, I mean, but I mean, I don't love romantic comedies the way that you do. Okay, and that's uh, fair. even though like I enjoy some of them, I. For some reason, this one just was it, it stayed out of my like you know trajectory. There was nobody in my life who like really held it dear and mm-hmm. wanted to watch it with me, so I never saw it. Never saw it until today when I watched it alone. <laughs> <laughs> you have a girlfriend. Did something happen over yeah. the weekend? Yeah, like you went somewhere with her. Oh, you like you met her family this weekend? Yeah, that's right. That's yeah. right. That's true. Did it wow. go poorly? No, no, it went fine. Oh, okay. But then I w- watched it at home alone. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Jay? You know, too much time together. Uh, I never saw this movie either. That's a lie, and I know it. No, I, it's 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 like this movie between us that we d- don't agree on. Well, you know, I uh, partly was teasing you about that because I've never properly sat and watched it. I've seen, you never properly sat and watched no. it, and you gave me such grief. <laughs> I've years. seen I've seen like pieces of it on TV over the years. I'd probably seen most of it. Okay, but I never like sat down and put it on because it was a movie that I feel like was on TV. Constantly. Right. And I also kind of got it conflated, I think, with other Meg Ryan movies. Right. Like Sleepless You've in Seattle and mail. the email one. Yeah. yeah. So, she was like the standard female lead for like a good five years. Yeah. She's so charming. She's in a lot of stuff. Yeah. I know you love her. We'll, we'll get into that. <laughs> I like her in this movie a lot. Yeah. Yeah. No. Not I, just in this movie. Joe versus the Volcano. Yeah. I don't think I'm a Billy Crystal guy. Maybe we'll talk about that later. Yeah, but I think that's, that's why I never like actively sought this movie out. That's fair. I like Billy Crystal in some things. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Am okay. I wrong? No, you're not. I mean, you're not wrong. What about you, Blaine? Because this is one of your favorites, right? Yeah, this is one of my favorites. I <laughs> this is one that I rewatch like in be- like uh, when I was in between relationships in my twenties. Like I'd be like, ah, oh, I'm never gonna love again, and uh, <laughs> and I'd be really depressed. And uh, and I remember I remember watching this movie. I was sleeping on my friend's couch because I, I had to find an apartment real fast once, and uh, <laughs> and I was sleeping on my friend's couch, and I I started watching it in the morning and I was pretty depressed so I kind of watched it all day and he came home and I was still watching it. I really like this movie. It really... You watched it all day? Yeah, it kind of helped me through some dark times. Again? It made me believe in love again, Rob. It was my it was my salve to my wound. Wow. Yeah. Wait, the salt in your wound? S- salve, the... The healing thing. Too. Oh, I mean, I guess <laughs> why would they like, make them so similar in name? Because they'd be right next to each other on the shelf, and you right. would accidentally put the yeah. The bad I got the thing. salt from your wound. Yeah. This didn't just make you want to call up like some lady friend of yours and be like, "Hey, we've been friends for a long time." Yeah. <laughs> no, no, I respect my friendships. You know, well, you so, could that still could be re- yeah. respectful of your friendships. I guess, I guess it could be. You know, if there's something there. Uh, what about you, Simone? Well, my parents really loved this movie. So I'm in my mid thirties now, but mm-hmm. I remember watching it, I think like a couple years after it came out, my parents rented like the VHS and we watched it together and they like covered my eyes when there was like kissing scenes. And, like, <laughs> what kissing um, scenes? How old were you when you watched it? Oh, I must've been 11 or 12. Okay. So a lot of it just kind of went over my head and we had like the actual like soundtrack on cassette tape oh, that we oh, yeah. see in the car on family like road trips. So I kind of like, I think I just absorbed a lot of 
when Harry met Sally, like through osmosis. And then mm. I don't think I watched it again. Cause like a lot of it obviously like went over my head. I was like in middle school. Um, I think I watched it like in my twenties because it was on TV and I was probably hung over and was kind of like slipping <laughs> in and out of it. Um, <laughs> but I don't think like it, I, it was interesting, like rewatching it as like a 30 something because now it, like they seemed so old to me at the time. And now I'm like, yeah. Oh, these people are my age. And yeah, it was a little <laughs> bit more relatable and yeah, quite lovely. So yeah. Yeah. I found it weird watching it because they would always say like, Oh, I'm 26. And I'd be like, no, you're not. <laughs> so no, clear I, that you- <laughs> I don't know if it's like the haircuts or like the sort of late eighties fashion, but I'm like, no, you're clearly like, 37. Yeah. yeah, unless Billy yeah. Crystal is Benjamin Button, then he's... <laughs> There's some, I have something weird with Billy Crystal where in the scenes where he's supposed to be in college, you're like, you're clearly not a college student. But then in the scenes where he's an adult, I'm like, he doesn't look right an as an adult either. Yeah. Like, he's yeah. almost like this scientific anomaly where he just doesn't <laughs> yeah. look right in any age to me. I don't know. Is that just me? He doesn't look right no. now. Yeah, that's true. Uh, were you surprised when you watched it in your 20s about how sort of ungraphic it was based on... <laughs> How much was censored for you? Yeah, <laughs> yeah they don't even uh, have the sex. I mean, they don't show it. They don't have the sex. They go right from kissing to like, you know. Because I, I, I know even I, with other movies, like when my parents wouldn't let me watch it, I always filled in like the craziest things in my imagination. <laughs> <laughs> even crazier than the scene was. Yeah. 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 Like, I don't really remember being shocked in my 20s. Maybe I was like too hungover to really like process it. But I was actually shocked when I watched it last night. And I kind of remember for some reason I had like. A memory that there was like an actual sex scene, but yeah, it didn't happen. I was like, because oh. they covered your eyes, you had to fill in the blanks. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you built that sex scene. That's yeah. all on you. I know. It's all my mind's eye. Uh, <laughs> um, okay, great. Do you want to uh, give us a, a rundown of this plotless movie, Rob? Uh, plotless? Well, it kind of like it's it's one of those movies that kind of famously doesn't have like big plot. Well, it sort to of it. meanders through the years, if you will. Yeah. Well, it sort of starts with like some like sort of talking head interviews with random old people. <laughs> <laughs> like, like I just got some old people off the street and asked them about their relationship. Yeah. Well, they were they were actual. Those were actors. Yeah, like, sort true. of actors. Yeah. Well, the story is that Nora Ephron like interviewed people around the production office and the yeah. set, and you know, and then they got the actors to do them, which is kind of sweet. Yeah, because they had cut them into the movie, and it really didn't work. It was probably hard to find two old people where one wasn't dead. <laughs> oh, <God. Right>? Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> or hated the other person. So well, there's much. that too. That too. <laughs> um, yeah, no, they're real stories. They yeah. 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 No, they're lovely little vignettes. And then the next thing that we get is two young quote-unquote young people saying that I love you, I love you, and then they just mack on each other for like, I think it's eight minutes. (laughs) And then Meg Ryan pulls up in her car, and she obviously has some business with these people, so she has to like, you know, sort of (laughs) This is getting really specific. Yeah, you're drilling down to the... (laughs) Well, this is the meat cute, right? (laughs) This is is the most important part of the romantic comedy genre. What make was the car? Uh, I don't know. I don't know cars. Okay. I don't know uh, terms for making out. <laughs> Volkswagen Rabbit. All right, let's move on. Yeah. Well, anyway, so he, he's she's driving him to New York to school or something like that, and she's 
a friend of his girlfriend, so that's how they know each other. And they go along on the trip, and he's kind of like annoying. He like you know spits in the window. They have this conversation. Well, he hits on her at one point, and mm-hmm. then they have this conversation about whether or not it's possible for guys and girls to be friends. He okay. says it's not possible uh, because the sex thing gets in the way, and, and it's he's always ultimately right. In this movie. Well, spoiler alert. <laughs> is, is, is that even a thing, Simone, in, in relationship advice circles? I mean, it is a question that comes up a lot. Like, I did a column for The Sun, I think, last year, where we asked that exact question, where is it possible for men and women to be friends? And I polled a lot of my friends, a lot of them who are married to, like, other people and stuff. And I actually got back, like, most of the feedback was that you can definitely have, like opposite sex friends and there's like never any sex involved so yeah i think like the movie kind of like blows it out of proportion a bit yeah for comic effect yeah yeah like i think it's definitely possible to have like friends and acquaintances that you're not attracted to and probably never will be sort of like more like a brother and sister relationship which is like what a lot of the people i spoke to kind of spoke about so Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah, totally. That's what I find kind of weird about this movie is it does seem in that scene like they're setting up this grand question, yeah, which the movie is kind of going to kind of hang on. And I don't know, for me, like in 2017, I was just kind of like, yeah, we don't, we, <laughs> we, we all know that. somebody, you know? <laughs> well, even when I was a kid and watching it, I was just like, oh, maybe this is a world where men and women can't be, like, maybe that, because it seems so divorced. It's like from, an alternate reality? Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. it seemed so, because I was like a teenager and I was like, I have female friends that I, I don't think about that way. So, and I was a teenage boy. I, so. I would wager that most of Billy Crystal's friends, female <laughs> friends, don't think of him that way. <laughs> That's a good bet. That's a good bet. Yeah. Yeah, but so they, you know, they uh, they have this trip and then they sort of say goodbye and you know have a nice life. And there's like a little bit of lingering, but mm. uh, you know, ultimately Billy Crystal walks off. And then it sort of cuts to sometime in the future. I can't remember how long it is. But we have her. She's having uh, lunch with her friends. And, oh, no, that's not what happens next. <laughs> the next thing is that she's making out with Joe. And yeah. Billy Crystal comes walking by. Yeah, President Ford's son. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Wait, what? Yeah, isn't that weird? In real life in or real in the life? movie, there was like a backstory <laughs> right. that the actor came up with. No, yeah, his yeah. name's What's what? my motivation? Stephen Ford? <laughs> yeah, something like that. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. It was weird because I thought he kind of like had like... He looked like a young, idealized Donald Trump in like a strange way. Yeah, like he looked like a bit better than like, Donald Trump. If I was gonna like, <laughs> if I was gonna cast a douchebag, right? <laughs> you cra- cast like someone square jawed and good looking like that. I guess so. <laughs> he did. He looks very look like, like waspy. It was the hair. The yeah. hair. Yeah, I think your waspy is is definitely the right. Yeah, like straight yeah. out of like central casting. We're like, we need a square jawed waspy potential yeah. douchebag. <laughs> right, yeah. His shoulders are too broad. Yeah. That's not a thing. Like Gerald Ford, but douchier. <laughs> right. I've got an idea. Go straight to the source. But so Billy Crystal sees them making out. And this is like a great parallel to like the opening uh, mm-hmm. scene. And, you know, he's like stares like right into them. And we think that, that he's going to interrupt them and recognize Sally. Yeah. But he, in fact, he knows the other guy, Joe. They're like old friends from somewhere. And he like doesn't even acknowledge Sally. 
Yeah, I think that seems pretty well directed for us to be like, when are they going to recognize each other? And she totally recognizes him. I, I like that scene. Yeah, there's yeah. like a lot of like, you know, subtext and stuff. Yeah. Yes. Like, or like the actors like playing against their intentions. Mm hmm. Yeah, and I think Nora Ephron is really good at like throwing in little surprises like that. Like we're like, oh, of course he's going to recognize her. Oh yeah, we forgot to mention that this was written by Nora Ephron. Yeah, who's like yeah, the rom com queen. Yeah, yeah. But so anyway, so that happens. Oh yeah, and then it turns out they're on the same flight, and he asks her to go to dinner, and uh, she says, as friends. And he goes, yeah, sure. And he's like, I thought you said that, you know, men and women couldn't be friends. <laughs> Back in your like, face. Remember that thesis statement you had <laughs> earlier? <laughs> the theme of the movie? Great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, so they don't. And more time passes, mm-hmm. you know. And that's where we get, like, into more of, like, the present sort of, like, timeline. We get, like, some of the other characters in this. Because it's not just Harry and Sally. There's other characters who I can't remember their character names, but do know who their actors are. like City Slickers. (laughs) Yeah. And Star (laughs) Wars. Star Wars, yeah. (laughs) Uh, No, no. Yeah, Carrie Fisher is uh, in this. Uh, And Bruno Kirby. Yeah. There's, like, that scene at at the restaurant where they're, like, talking about their, like... But they're dating lies. Carrie Fisher and her and like some other person. And she's like, Carrie Fisher has been like seeing this married guy for mm-hmm. like ever. Harrison Ford. <laughs> <laughs> He's married to a Wookiee. <laughs> she can't get in between that. That was actually a thing they said apparently that Han Solo was secretly married to a Wookiee. Like to Chewbacca or like an I think actual you, Wookiee? Uh, no, like an actual Wookiee. I think you said that as a joke, but that's that's canon, I guess. Well, what other Wookiees does he know? Let's not talk about this anymore. I, so, I'm sorry I brought it up. <laughs> Everyone's glued to their to their earbuds listening to this now. <laughs> we haven't even really mentioned the fact that we're doing this uh, movie because this is going up. Uh, we're recording it a little early because of the holidays, but this is going to go up the week of New Year's. Yeah. And New Year's, you know, we'll get into a bigger factor. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that's why we're doing When Harry Met Sally, in case you... It's not uh, like we're, we felt really bad for Blaine. <laughs> 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 because we came home and he was watching this movie on his couch, and Rob and I were Is like, we okay? should, <laughs> should probably do this on the podcast. <laughs> Help a guy out, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, there's like a big scene that happens at, the, at New Year's Eve, or a couple scenes that happen mm-hmm. at New Year's Eve mm-hmm. later on that are like the, you know, sort of like climactic moments of the movie right mm-hmm. but yeah. it's and there aren't a lot of new year's movies well i think Sleep of like in, forrest Sleep gump in seattle uh, so they're mainly just meg ryan movies <laughs> yeah they're just meg ryan movies. <laughs> i tried to find it on demand under holiday movies because i kind of associated with the holidays and it wasn't anywhere to be found so well there's oh, a scene where she's yeah. dragging a christmas tree yeah, yeah. there's two scenes yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. I totally think of it as a holiday movie. Yeah. yeah. Well, so every day's a holiday when you stay home on the couch for ten hours and watch it. <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> so, like the the ultimate thing that happens is that like they meet up in New York again at like some bookstore. You know, and they have both been. This, yeah. this was in the eighties when people mainly ran into each other at bookstores. Yeah, you can't meet yeah. anyone on Amazon.com. <laughs> and they're in like I the tried. self-help section, aren't they? Yeah, there's oh, that. Yeah. There's that great line where uh, Carrie Fisher's like, "Someone's staring at you in personal growth." <laughs> <laughs> and really I like I like looking at the book titles too. Like, there's one that's like something like. How to make things good when everything is bad? Or something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, That's great. 
Yeah. Um, yeah, and this is weird. When I, I, I watched this with my fiance, so it was a far cry from the couch scene that I painted you guys. Sure. But, uh, but she, for sure, Blaine, yeah. But, uh, we have yet to meet this fiance. <laughs> she doesn't exist. You um, on the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you showed us Sally. a picture. It was just a magazine clipping of Meg Ryan <laughs> 30 years ago. <laughs> But but yeah, she was like she was like, when have you run into someone three times in your life? And I was like, oh, I've never run into someone that I haven't seen since university three times. Like I probably a, have. Yeah, that's not that. Yeah, that's not I that haven't. Weird. You yeah. don't go to enough bookstores. Yeah. I don't. I don't. Or sharper image <laughs> stores. <laughs> oh man. Oh yeah. Yeah, I was used to go to Radio Shack, but. Huh. Well, so their friendship really starts when they start consoling each other over their various breakups because Billy Crystal was getting married and, you know, the last time that they spoke on the plane when he hit on her. And since then, he's getting a divorce because his yeah. wife was seeing somebody else and left him and it was devastating on him. And this is like the first time in the movie where we see Billy Crystal as like a human being. Yeah, before this, he's kind of like a obnoxious he's just, a, just a jerk. Did you think that's Simone? Was he like... Yeah, I think yeah. he's kind of like... I mean, I can see why she's not into him. <laughs> I mean, anyone who spits on my car window would be kind of automatically like off the menu breaker. for me. But yeah, I do like how one thing I really like about this movie is it stands apart from like modern romantic comedies where the guy like quite often the guy isn't really great throughout the movie. And then he's like, suddenly at the end, he like stops being a jerk and she like realizes or they realize they're in love with each other. But I like how that's right. more nuanced. Like he, he's kind of has to get over himself a bit. And well, uh, I really like that. Yeah. We see his growth, like between the yeah. uh, years, like even when, I mean, even though he's like, you know, asking out a woman to dinner and he's engaged to be married. Right. So he's a jerk. But he has said like, you know, he says, yeah, maybe my opinions change. You know, maybe I've grown a little bit. Well, he also apologizes to her at, at one point for, yeah. for being like that. It's so, one yeah. step forward, two steps back a little bit. But, you know, <laughs> really but yeah, I think to Simone's point about other rom-coms, like it's so many bad romantic comedies hinge on the idea of the woman changing the man. Yeah, which, which is I think ridiculous. is yeah, or the man yeah, changing the woman. Ladies. Yeah, the I think woman it's like actually. Become, sorry. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I think it's actually kind of dangerous because it like fills it lets women or suggests to women that this is actually possible. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that someone who's like the bad guy can become the good guy. Where I right. yeah, I liked. I was actually dreading watching this one because I don't really. I had I'd forgotten so much about when Harry met Sally, and I really don't like those modern rom-coms where that kind of trope happens so it was really refreshing to see that there was a bit more nuance and growth and that was kind of like more of a slow burn which i think is a lot more you could actually say like this potentially like could happen in real life yeah yeah and i think the changes he goes through are probably relatable like i'm sure a lot of people Mm -hmm. look back on their youth and think they were more obnoxious or had it all figured out in a way they didn't actually definitely yeah yeah not me i had it right the first time (laughs) (laughs) if anything you've gotten worse (laughs) just double down (laughs) yeah well so they like you know they start like a really nice sort of friendship like you know they sort of like encourage each other they do things when meg ryan goes out on a date she 
prods him to like put himself back out there again, yeah. even though he's hurt. And then when both of those dates are awful, they like commiserate about it while like setting up a rug in the living room or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's interesting. They have little impacts on each other that watching it this time around, I, I'd never noticed before. Like when um, uh, my fiance pointed this out, but like when when Harry says like I like when you wear skirts, you look nice in a skirt. And then the next time we see her, she's like wearing a skirt, helping him like roll out the carpet, like. She's kind of being impacted by him. And well, that's kind of weird. What? <laughs> so what? I like when you dress this way. Change your hair, woman. What? No, I don't think, I don't think he says it that way. I think he's just like being a friend, no, being well, like, you know, this is something that I... Yeah. That she values his advice. As yes, to yes okay. exactly. What you were saying. Right, the controlling <laughs> thing. Right. But, you know, it's a red flag. <laughs> yeah, and... Uh, I'm so glad you're not a dating columnist. <laughs> you know, if you need a guest columnist, I could do it anytime. If you need an anti-dating columnist. Yeah, <laughs> yeah just do the opposite. <laughs> Make you look real good. <laughs> <laughs> but they even like try to set up the friends with each other. Like Billy Crystal sets up Meg Bruno Ryan? Kirby oh. with Meg Ryan yeah. and mm. uh, Carrie Fisher with uh, with, with him. With yeah, Bruno that's Kirby, right. Yeah. And they go on this date, and it's a it's pretty good scene because like the, yeah. the, they they have no chemistry. They sort of like the, the intended date sort of like insult each other, and then they just have nothing to talk about. And then you see when Carrie Fisher and Bruno Kirby start talking, and yeah. you know, she flatters him about his writing. You it's, know, it's it's such a <laughs> wonderful reaction that Carrie Fisher has. She's like, I've never quoted a thing in my goddamn life. <laughs> it's like so great. Yeah, yeah. No, she's great. Yeah. And Bruno Kirby is pretty good. Yeah, yeah, I like them both. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're great in that scene. And then they the 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 beat where they get in the cab, like after they talk oh, to hilarious. their friends, and they're yeah. like, "Hey, you know, just don't like brush them off tonight. Like they're hurt right now. Just just be nice to them." And then they're like, "Yeah, we gotta we gotta go in the cab." <laughs> yeah, that was funny. Yeah, it's a good scene. Yeah, but they do this thing where okay. She calls him. Let me tell you. So Sally, <laughs> Sally called Harry because you know Joe called her and told her that he was getting married. <laughs> right. And like so far, like Sally, she was like sort of like I'm okay with everything. You know, I'm not hurt. But then it it all comes out. It yeah. all comes out. And she's like crying. And she's like, get over here. And so he goes over to like be a good friend, right? Mm-hmm. And you know he's comforting her, maybe kissing her a few times. Well, this is weird because uh, I've never kissed a female friend on the lips as like a thing of like, oh, we're friends. I've never kissed anyone on the lips as if we're friends. Is that a thing that happens in friendships? Do people do that? It uh, seemed like a, like a bridge too far for this friendship. Yeah, personally. I don't know. I feel, I, you know. Oh, sorry. I feel like in friendships like this, where you're probably not meant to just be friends, it's definitely, you know, mm-hmm. can like get, go verge into those territories. But yeah, yeah, I don't think it's normal for like just <laughs> platonic yeah. friends. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I, I interviewed Rob Reiner once, and as I was leaving the interview, he kissed me on the lips. So <laughs> yeah, you were you were <laughs> you, you too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I sort of thought I thought sort of thought of it as like like maybe they were just sort of lost in the moment because he was like comforting her, and like when you're comforting somebody in that yeah. way, like you know, there is like an intimacy, and it is almost like a sort of like well, a big trust. Yeah, yeah, so it's not as if it's not as if it's like him coming from out of nowhere and like doing something, it, you know. No, but they. I remembered the scene as if like he was like, "It's all right," and kissed her on the lips, and then they started making out. But no, he, he kisses her, her twice. He kisses her on the lips, and then he hugs her, and he's like, "No, nah, we're still friends." And I was like, "No, you're you just kissed her on the lips. You're yeah. not friends anymore." And I was again like, I really have never watched all of this movie in one sitting. I 
may not have even missed this part. I thought that the kind of thing that would come, because obviously like this, you know, there's still half an hour left. This isn't just going to be like a happy last half hour. There's yeah. going to be some kind of fallout from this. I stopped watching it. <laughs> <laughs> when they, oh, they're together. When he was like gazing up at the ceiling, obviously starstruck. <laughs> no, but I thought that the uh, fallout from this, the sort of like, you know, downward slope before the, the happy ending was going to be the fact that she was so vulnerable in that moment. Yeah that I wondered if the movie was going to suggest that he was taking advantage of that to a certain extent, but that never came up, but it did seem like because he was, she was going through this kind of catharsis almost because she'd been repressing all of these, uh, yeah, her whole life feelings. Yeah. All sorts of feelings. Yeah. But that never came up. I was, I was kind of surprised by that. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that's more of a typical movie thing. I don't know. Yeah, well, Nora Ephron talked about she phrased it as if there were Christian and Jewish uh, romantic comedies, and <laughs> and the Christian one is that something happens to break the two apart that is like external or that is a misunderstanding, which is basically every rom com made. And then in this one, she she wanted to make kind of like she she mentioned Woody Allen, and she of course she did. <laughs> <laughs> this is your bone to pick with this movie, but but she was like in a, in the Jewish rom com, it's just someone's neuroses breaking the two apart, and so. That's what she wanted to write in this one. And I think that's true. It's, it's his neuroses of being like, what did I just do? And do I like this person enough to pursue a relationship with them? And we crossed a line and all that stuff. Yeah. Also got to have a scene in a deli. Yeah, you gotta have a scene. Oh, yeah, we in didn't talk about that. But I, I do think with that scene, it is, it is interesting, maybe more interestingly in the idea of, of, of maybe her feeling a bit taking advantage of it in a moment of vulnerability. I do think it is more interesting that, yeah, we see them as close friends coming together, but we also see throughout the course of the movie, they have fundamentally different approaches to their dating lives. Mm-hmm. Well, and life in general. Like when we first meet yeah. them, it's like he's obsessed with death. And she's like, why well, think about death? So you know? when they yeah. come together, it's not harmonious immediately. Mm-hmm. Which and that's what causes that kind of rift at the end. So I, yeah. I think that is more interesting what you're talking about, yeah. more Efron describing, yeah, for sure. Yeah, well, so they sleep together, and you know she seems like very happy that this has happened, and he is just staring wide eyed at the ceiling, wondering what the fuck. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and yeah. he like you know there's a scene earlier where he talks about like you know getting up and leaving after like 30 seconds like. Somewhere up to 30 seconds being the ideal time to, like, right. cuddle after, to get uh, out of there. after sex. Go play racquetball. Yeah. yeah. And he stays, I think, till the morning, but then but then leaves. And it's like... You can... <laughs> they play that scene so well for, yeah. for awkwardness. It's so great. It's, the it's, stilted lines. It's really awkward. Yeah. yeah. And then they both sort of agree that it was, like, a mistake and that they shouldn't, you know... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird because they have, like, um, uh, inner monologue at this point in the movie. When they had never had inner monologue, like since, oh, yeah. you, you mean like or, voiceover? Yeah, voiceover yeah. from like the characters, and they didn't what have was it after. the voiceover. It was like I hope she said like I hope she says it's a mistake first, and she's like oh, I yeah. might as well say it's a mistake first. To, but like it's so weird because it comes out of nowhere. It's uh, they've never had it before. And, and mm. since. I don't know. That didn't bother me too much. Yeah, it worked. Yeah. <laughs> and so they meet. They say it's a mistake. Everything's all right. But th- then their friends get married. They have like this big like fight at their like friend's wedding and she like slaps him and it's not because it's a rom-com you have to have a slap yeah 
But I, I, again, like, I'm, I'm going to say a nice thing about this movie before, I think in the second half of the show, I talk about all the things I don't like about it. <laughs> but I, I do like the fact that it doesn't kind of treat that moment with kid gloves. It Like, she says, fuck you, and she yeah. hits him, and mm-hmm. I don't know, it felt, felt real. real. Yeah, she didn't. <laughs> Raw. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, it's, it's tough. And then, like... They, like, sort of, like, drift apart for a while. Mm-hmm. And he's, like, calling her and, like, being like, Sally, you know, what's up? You know, I want to talk to you. He does the karaoke. And she, like, ghosts him. Yeah, she ghosts him. But before he, he was even the thing. Yeah, but then you could say he's kind of stalking. Like, he's just, like, he's not leaving her alone. He's, like, phoning again and again and again. And I was well, like, I mean, but you can call a few times. Maybe <laughs> the karaoke is a bit too far. But, you know. <laughs> Buying the machine to serenade her? Yeah. Yeah. You it's know. not say anything. It's not like he's dropping by her, like, place of work and... Lingering outside her parking garage or whatever. That's too specific. Yeah, that that was uncomfortably specific. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't give you an address. (laughs) And I hope no one gives you an address. No. Uh, But but then in the end, uh, she does start talking to him again a little bit to say like bye to him to say this is this is it. She's going to this uh, to this party. He does. He wants to be your date, but she's not going to let him be a, a date. New Year's party. A new. Oh yeah! <laughs> Happy well, New Year, everybody. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's a big thing because they were going to be like they had like the nice New Year's the year before when they were like sort of friends, but then they sort of were starting to realize like, yeah. hey, we kind of like there might be something there, but they didn't say anything. Yeah. But it was just magic in the air. Just no. <laughs> and then they said, if none of us has a date for yeah. the next year's New Year's, then we'll go together. Yeah. And but she obviously she doesn't want to do that because things have changed yeah but, sh- but then he he goes and he tries to enjoy life a little bit and live it up he tries to enjoy sweets but he doesn't so he throws his m&m out he, he like can't enjoy anything well he has nothing to do on new year's eve which is yeah. depressing yeah <laughs> and and then he's like he, wandering the streets too yeah yeah <laughs> the most depressing thing you could possibly do it does not of. seem like winter though <laughs> No, it doesn't seem he's like he's like wearing a light jacket and a baseball hat. I yeah. I think that scene would be exponentially less depressing if uh, podcasts were a thing. Then <laughs> then he just listened he to just a to an episode of rewatchability. <laughs> exactly. Harry yeah. met Sally. That seems good. <laughs> but then, how do they know the details of my life? <laughs> uh, <laughs> this is such a meta podcast. Yeah. Uh, but then something occurs to him. And he pulls a Forrest Gump, and he just starts running. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think that must be the other trope of, like, Jewish rom-coms, because that's, like, The Graduate, too. Right. Dustin Hoffman runs to the to the wedding chapel and right. bangs on the thing. Well, yeah, there's a there's a comment where she's like, I'm going to go home at the party, and then uh, uh, Gary Fisher's like, nah, you're never going to catch a taxi. And then we see him trying to catch a taxi, and he right. can't. So, like, yeah, they, the, the, all these scenes, like, set each other up really well. I like it. Yeah. Anyway, so he runs to the party. And, and then uh, she's, like, leaving the party yeah. because there's no one to kiss. And then Bruno Kirby is like, I'll kiss you. <laughs> <laughs> Come and, on, Bruno. And, uh, Friends just don't kiss. Carrie Fisher's okay with that. So, right. you know. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows what's going on? Um, but then, but then he has a big speech that when you want the when you know what you want to do for the rest of your life, you yeah. want to start now, and it's nice. And they get together, and that's the end of the film. Yeah, yeah, it's really nice. And uh, after this break, we're going to come back and talk about all kind of the behind the scenes stuff and JM's big gripe <laughs> with this movie. Oh, I got several gripes. Okay, okay, and whether they made it, <laughs> I want to know if you think they made it. <laughs> okay. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. quince.com slash style. Welcome back to Rewatchability. We are talking with Simone Paget, a Toronto Sun blogger, about When Harry Met Sally. Not just a blogger, a sex and relationship advice blogger, right? Well, I don't always give advice, but I do okay. blog about, I write about sex and, um, relationships. Sex and relationships. Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah. I think, again, Rob is angling for advice. <laughs> He's really just trying to... So if there's someone that you like... <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But, How many times is too many times to call? <laughs> yeah, exactly. How many times for the karaoke machine? Yeah. <laughs> well, one thing we have to talk about is we have to talk about the most famous scene in the movie, which is the deli scene. Yeah. yeah. One of voted, like, maybe the most quotable line or something by yeah, AFI. One of them, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. By, it was Rob Reiner's mom, too. This I'll was. have corned beef on rye. No. I'll have the orgasm sandwich. <laughs> what was the line? <laughs> I'll have what she's having. Oh, that's it. That's right it. Yeah. 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 Didn't your wife have a podcast called That's What She's Having? It was called What She's Having. Yeah. It was okay. about romantic comedies. And they did When Harry Met Sally. Yeah. So you can go back and listen to that. And she has a lot of the same complaints I do. <laughs> I wonder why. Yeah. But, but that's also a weird scene because uh, who would do that? Yeah. It's, it's strange because... That seems out of character. It's totally out of character for someone to wind up so tight to just let loose an or- because And also famously... So, so I watched the documentary on this. Everything you need to know about the scene is that Meg Ryan wanted to do this scene. She came up with the orgasm. It was originally written for Billy Crystal to do. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, and Billy Crystal came up with the line. That's what she's, uh, I'll have what she's having. Oh, did he? Yeah. Uh, and then Rob Ryan was like, I'll give that to my mom. Uh, so they all had a hand in this scene, um, <laughs> which is really wonderful. But uh, Meg Ryan wasn't doing it the way she did it in the film. She was she was pretty tepid about it because it's this is a hard thing to do. This is like an embarrassing scene to do, I would imagine. That's why it seems so weird that the character would do it. Yeah, yeah. for yeah. sure. And so Rob Reiner, as a director, hopped into her seat and and had the orgasm in the deli in front of all the oh extras and, and Billy Crystal Billy Crystal says that he was just sitting across from him just like watching a grown man have an orgasm in front of him <laughs> and, and then Billy Crystal said I won't have a sandwich anymore I yeah. don't want any more I'm sandwich. this movie <laughs> yeah yeah I think he also says in the documentary like he was like Rob that was a that was a really good one Rob was like I, th- I think I actually had an orgasm and I was just like oh that's God. so gross <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, Isn't Rob that Ryan. why, like, James Toback doesn't have a career anymore? <laughs> I'm just glad I didn't have to hear Billy Crystal have a fake oh, orgasm. Yeah. <laughs> that would just be, like, horrifying. He would yeah. do it as, like, a montage of songs about <laughs> I, I think <laughs> from <we> old musicals. <laughs> when they're watching Casablanca and he says, I'm just going to moan all night, I think we heard him have an orgasm. That was it. Oh. Yeah, it's gross. Oh, but oh. Do, <laughs> so do you guys like that scene, though? Does it... Because I, I guess it's funny, and the punchline's funny, but it did seem like... It's almost, like, funnier that it exists rather than, like, working, I think, in the film. Like, it's it's weird. Like, I think it seems weird that she would go on that long and go that loud so that everybody is turned around. I can sort of, like, understand... I, 
can understand doing it like in your booth with a controlled volume. <laughs> in your booth, it's so specific. <laughs> oh, it's so specific. But which restaurants would you would you think they do it in? Which famous New York landmark restaurants do you think would be appropriate? Well, I, you know, it just, yeah, it seems like a little bit too far for her character, but I kind of like believe like it, like a smaller version of it. But I don't think those scenes are actually like funny. I don't, I don't think that Rob Reiner's mom nails the line. I think when I think about it, <laughs> throwing Reiner's mom under the bus. Yeah, that was really harsh. Well, I know she's like, not an actress. Well, I know she comes, well, that's, I don't know, cause I know he comes from like a performing family. But I, I and also I thought maybe it was because like today we sort of like expect like the comedy to you know to fit like that button to fit so tightly. That's mm. what she's have or whatever. That would be better. <laughs> no, I know, but it wouldn't be better. But it's just like that's what I'm expecting. So yeah. like her delivery seemed a bit underwhelming or like not not polished. Yeah, yeah. But it it felt real. Also, they interviewed a guy that was a deli owner. And he was like, yeah, they made Meg Ryan do that scene like 60 times. We were here for eight hours for doing that scene. I was like, God damn it, Rob Reiner. Like, that's horrible. Wait, Why, do you wish you were there? No, no. It's just like, this is the most embarrassing thing that she has to do on set. And, and he's like, you know what? Do it again. And then Billy Crystal also said, I mean, this was the 80s. But uh, he also said, yeah, I kept on screwing my lines up after that. So she'd have to do it again. I was like, oh, oh that's so mean. And so creepy well whatever she's a professional performer yeah, well this was like her first her so first Billy big Crystal. movie <laughs> he's yeah. supposed to be a professional performer <laughs> yeah he's supposed to be yeah well one of the things i found weird about the characters is like billy crystal is too like witty and funny yeah he's supposed to be like a political consultant See? why is he so funny blaine <laughs> why is this movie so funny I think that he's not as funny as a lot of people in like in in like comedies today are made out to be like through improv like a lot of like people are like yeah he's a, a stay at home dad and yet he's saying all these like really funny improv lines I'm like I don't think that character is right. that funny or wouldn't be that funny in real life I think he's like an all right level of funny like a believable level of funny I feel in this movie no you yeah i feel i feel like it's, it goes back to that idea of it being sort of like a slow burn mm-hmm. and we're not like our romantic comedies and comedies now are so like it's so fast and so like i don't know like zingy kind of that yeah this seems kind of almost like old it seems a bit old school yeah well i think it's yeah. also like there are like real dramatic moments in this like it's not just a mm. comedy like you know it builds like a dramatic narrative which is you know doing something and having like you know an effect and like so they don't play every moment for laughs and frankly it's a relief <laughs> yeah. you know especially yeah. when you have billy crystal hamming it up <laughs> i mean i sort of like i think that people like billy crystal probably do exist outside of the uh you yeah. know comedy world yeah like- and i think people like people when they're dating people humor is like one of the things that people find attractive so it's why like you know they stick around with people so i can sort of see that um yeah it's what i'm banking on (laughs) (laughs) but no but the okay i think the kind of creepy elephant in the room that you wouldn't want in your room is the fact that this is very woody allen-ish yeah well it's annie hall for sure yeah it's it's very annie there's a lot of connections Like, like the talking to the camera and the just two people that watching their relationship over time. It opens with like white 
text on a black screen with like jazz music playing. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. At times, it almost just feels like a cover of like a Woody Allen movie. And I'm not sure. here to like. Yeah. It's like the Harry Connick Jr. version. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, right. And I, you know, I don't want to defend Woody Allen too much because uh, Rob Reiner seems like a very nice man, and Woody Allen seems like a creep. But yeah. It does, like, at times get very specifically reminiscent of, yeah, Annie Hall and some other movies. Not a bad template to follow. But it feels at like more than a template age. to me. And I, par- part of, like, the thing what, that I was talking about with Billy Crystal is, like, like in Annie Hall, Woody Allen's, you know, Woody Allen character, and in a lot of his movies, is at least, you know, like a comic. Yeah. Like he's Billy Crystal is just so sticky for this kind of, you know, eighties yuppie guy. Yeah. Like, why isn't he as much of a stick in the mud as uh, Gerald Ford's son? (laughs) (laughs) I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't have answers for you, but there's, although there's so many things that, uh, that are just like straight out of the Annie Hall playbook, the split screen. Right. The, uh, yeah. I mean, he mentions the movie that he took that from and it wasn't the Woody Allen movie. It was like the, uh, I can't remember the movie, but they were in a bath together and like, you couldn't show two people in a bath together, obviously. So the director, but back then in this old movie, so the director split screen it so that they could kind of be in the bath together and talk to each other, but they were talking through a wall. Right. So like he he tried to do that. That's what he was saying. But yeah, I forgot there was a split screen in Annie Hall. It well, does. also just like the faux documentary bits. Friend with a mustache. Friend, <laughs> friend with a mustache. Did the guy have a mustache in Annie Hall? I thought so. Well, oh, man. Even, even at one point, like Meg Ryan kind of like they're going through a walk in Central Park with Gershwin playing. And Meg Ryan stops and kind of does like the Diane Keaton arms on her hips kind of pose yeah she has a similar hat central park she has a similar hat at one point yeah yeah i guess there's probably maybe it's like a homage i don't know just they just don't talk about it rob reiner like i listened to the commentary on this and like rob reiner doesn't mention it Hmm. i feel like he's like i don't want to mention it because it's so similar but i'd rather i'd rather this be a similar movie to annie hall which is like uh it won the best picture didn't it yeah. Yeah. So, like, it, like remake a great movie and make it good again or make it d- different enough to make it great again instead well, of, like, making a new Spider-Man every five years? The other thing I would have to say, like... That- <laughs> make one Harry Met Sally instead of Spider-Man, Hollywood. <laughs> I'd, I'd watch it. But the thing that this movie sort of does differently than Woody Allen's movies is that it actually sort of gives us the female perspective in a more balanced sort of way. And, like, Annie Hall's just so much of the Woody Allen character and, like, you know, even him outside of his romantic life. Where this is, like, it's, you know, it's called When Harry Met Sally, so it Mm -hmm. seems, like, kind of weighted in Billy Crystal's favor. But we get as almost as much of... Meg Ryan, I think, as we do as Billy Crystal. Well, I think that's yeah, all to Nora totally. Efron's credit too. Yeah, like, Nora yeah. Efron really made this film because it was it was just when they pitched it, it was just about a guy and going through like this is this is going to be a movie that introduces women to the things they don't they never knew about men that like men always think about sex and stuff like that. And I was like, <laughs> I think they figured. Sometimes <laughs> men go to batting cages. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, why doesn't why don't people get that? Yeah. I find like Woody Allen movies hard to watch just for that like Fair sole enough. reason is it's so focused on his neurosis. So I, I don't know. That's just my personal kind of taste, but I, I yeah. think it's pretty balanced or else like I wouldn't find it relatable. I don't think. Yeah. I think that's the key difference. Like I think actually like the third act of Annie Hall, like actually gets quite mean and yeah, mm-hmm. feels negative in, in that way that it is like a one-sided yeah, like delve into this guy's neuroses, and he's like, it's not even named after him. 
But I just think like more like the formal kind of it just borrows so much formally from Yeah. From that movie. I don't know. Yeah, for sure. Well and and when Harry met Sally, the first two or three drafts ended without them getting together. Which is like definitely any hall. Right. Uh, right. But they were they stayed friends in those versions, like their friendship. They stayed friends. And I don't yeah. get why they didn't do that, because that seemed like the answer to the call at the beginning of the movie where Billy Crystal said, I don't think a man and a woman can be friends. Nobody's paying 10 bucks to see friends. <laughs> 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 They'll pay seven, like for a Netflix subscription. Yeah, but, right. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I'm like, I understand that would have been a better movie, but for like for like the the person that is hurt that wants to believe in love again like this is like that the ending yeah. is so good you're specifically talking about you two years ago i am I'm looking in the mirror right now and uh <laughs> yeah but it's it's sort of hard because it does seem to betray its like central thesis or maybe like maybe that's the thing maybe that's what it yeah no it's, it that can't be what it's saying it seems to betray its central thesis it's just like ah forget about that you know I don't know if the thesis is that men and women can't be friends or that they can be friends. I, well, that's like, the question. That's the question. Nora Ephron stated that it it was like when she was writing the the movie, it kind of like became that in the edit. But when she was writing it, it was more about just how how unique relationships are mm-hmm. and how everyone is different. And this is going to be a different one than a lot of people have. So that's interesting. Yeah. So well, and you get more of that with like the vignettes where like every couple is sort of telling their stories and they're not exactly. all like, you know, I saw her across the room and, you know, said that's no. the woman I'm going to marry. Some of them are like, he was married to this person, then this person, then he was seeing that person, Roberta. but they didn't get married. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's right. She remembers <laughs> all the names and he doesn't remember any of them. Yeah, I love that. I love that so much. Yeah. Uh, uh, what, what did you think, Simone? Did you feel like the ending was kind of undercutting the message or or did you did you think it was a good satisfying conclusion um i i found it really satisfying like i think for the same reasons like it's it's a movie you can watch and feel you know kind of warm and fuzzy after and um and you know it makes you believe that you know you could find love and and all that so i i don't know i as far as happy endings go i think it's a satisfying one because it's not you know it doesn't show them getting married or anything but you know that you know they got together and I don't know. It feels nice. Yeah. Yeah. And we, uh, I guess we didn't mention also that it ends with them in the same kind of studio space where the interviews are being done. Yeah. Yeah. Saying that, saying that they got married and you know, kudos to Rob Reiner for not going like the Harry Potter route and like slapping some old age makeup on Meg Ryan and Billy Crystal. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my God. That would have been bad. Well, he did that in Princess Bride, so he oh, Billy yeah. Crystal was already an old person at one yeah. point. Yeah, they already they, had like a mold. the makeup test. It was no good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh man. Um yeah. Yeah, and there's a lot of deleted scenes of of them improvising other lines and stuff like that for that end scene, but I, they're all really bad. Uh, this is like <laughs> the best one by far that they picked for Billy Crystal and Meg Ryan. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. Uh, what do you guys think about the direction? Do you, th- you guys think that Rob Reiner did an okay job? No? I mean, I, lo- I love Rob Reiner. I think he's made some amazing movies. I just wish he had done something a bit different, I guess. It More just, original than Annie Hall? Yeah. It yeah. felt like a really good script to me that I, that felt very familiar in its execution. Like, I think yeah. the script is in, innovative for the reasons you were saying. Yeah. And it is very funny and it is very witty, but 
I, I just like I don't know the jazz and the <laughs> <laughs> well, well, Woody Allen didn't invent the use of jazz. No, and it wasn't jazz. But it was the like way the standard, but yeah, they, I mean, the, even like the Gershwin song they keep repeating. Not that it's you know, obviously it's been used in lots of things, but it was like the kind of sure theme of Annie Hall that they yeah. you know they played at the ending. I I don't know. Yeah, but there's no Marshall McLuhan. <laughs> no, that's true. No, I I don't know. Like I like Rob Reiner. I wish he'd like. It felt like uh, a kind of '80s version of a movie I had already seen, as opposed to like I wish he had he'd kind of uh, innovated more. Because I feel like the script really was innovative, and in a lot of ways, I think it kind of that the way like sex is talked about and relationships are talked about, it feels like it's almost like uh, you know anticipating things like Seinfeld and, and what Definitely the kind Seinfeld. of humor of or like sex that Rob Reiner was behind yeah. Seinfeld, right? That's right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, he's a producer on it, but yeah. yeah, no, like it feels like it was anticipating a, a trend in comedy. Um, yeah. but I, on the other hand, I also feel like the characters themselves or the representation of the characters was maybe less self-aware than, than something like Seinfeld. Like, mm-hmm. I, I guess I didn't, care about the characters that much i really i did find they were just a little insipid i thought i don't know the acting really pulled it out for me like i found those two actors so charming together and and they had such great chemistry and they surprised each other like yeah she'd make him laugh sometimes and he'd make her laugh like and it felt like genuine and yeah, it, See, I didn't get that. I didn't actually think they had that good chemistry. Really? Yeah. What do you think, Simone? That's why she mo- moved on to Hanks. <laughs> <laughs> Once you go Hanks, um, you never go Banks. <laughs> <laughs> um, I actually, um, I like the chemistry. I think it was good. Like it, I wouldn't like choose like if I had my choice, I wouldn't choose Billy Crystal as like a romantic lead. Um, <laughs> no, just because he's. I'm kind not going to ask you why because I know. <laughs> I think we all Maybe know. it's also because, like, now we've seen him kind of host the Oscars and be a bit insane and kind of look like he's melting. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> like he's like Botox to the hilt. Um, yeah. But yeah, I really I liked their chemistry. I liked um, how like it actually made me like reminded me that Meg Ryan was actually good in these movies. Um, yeah. Like you can sort of, I liked watching like her facial expressions and her reactions and like both of their reactions to each other yeah. They're They seemed quite subtle. Um, and that it was kind of nice to be reminded of that and see Billy Crystal before, you know, in his, I guess, heyday. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. His face yeah. now kind of looks like a full moon. Yeah. <laughs> like oh, man, his yeah. hairline recedes and the Botox becomes more pronounced. That's what they should have done. recedes as it wanes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Instead of like old age makeup at the end, they should have just put like crazy plastic surgery on Harry and <laughs> Sally. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, because they both had a lot, of, a lot done. I think Since, so. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, Blaine. No, 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 no. I know this is your favorite movie. It's not my, of all it's time. Not my favorite movie. It's Better than any other movie. The Godfather? Nope. <laughs> Godfather uh, 2? Nuh-uh. Godfather 3? Forget about it. Oh, well, that one's, yeah, <laughs> oh, that one's not good, right? Yeah, it's not, it's not great to begin with. Um, but, uh, but let's go around and talk about whether we think this movie is rewatchable. Do you want to start us off, Rob? Yeah. Well, I hadn't ever seen this movie before. Um, and I was like pretty surprised at how much I sort of enjoyed watching it and um, by how much I sort of found myself relating to the Billy Crystal character <laughs> right. 
because uh, uh, you know dating sucks and it's tough, and yeah. uh, relationships and and even friendships with people are difficult and weird. So watching it, it was like, yeah, that's that's what it's like, and I sort of like see his like I sort of understand when he's like ah, you know, he can't get out there after he's been broken up. Well, I mean, he's been div- you know he's gotten a divorce. I mean, I've never been divorced. That's not, but you know, mm-hmm. still, yeah, yeah, you know, there's bad things, and then you have trouble getting over them, and then you like you know maybe there's like a friend that mm-hmm. you know helps you along and maybe sometimes something happens with it and then maybe sometimes it all blows up anyway so again i feel like we're heading towards like the advice yeah um, <laughs> so it was rewatchable i feel like when you get vague that's when we know this thing's happened to you <laughs> you start to get vague and then you get very specific and i was uh, i was with meg ryan for a while sorry blaine no it's all right yeah it's all right what about you jm yeah. yeah, I know. I'm sorry. I know you love this movie. I No, it's totally fine. I I mean, I like it. It's a watchable movie. Easy. <laughs> it's a super watchable movie. You're just not compatible. There's no chemistry. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. There's just something I don't connect to about it. I I feel like yeah. I feel like I don't know. There's just some there's no kind of rhythm to it. It's also like it always has these you know, these cut scenes with the interviews fade in and out. It just mm-hmm. always kind of takes me out of it. Um, like in a way, I think it's best watched like 20 minutes at a time on TV. Like I would happily right. watch 20 minutes of this on TV. Uh, I make Ryan's okay. I really like Bruno Kirby and Carrie Fisher. I don't think I am a Billy Crystal fan. Yeah. I think this movie fair. cemented it for me. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen, I think like when I was a kid, when I watched like City Slickers, oh, I like City he would Slickers. say something. I liked it too, but I remember like he would say something that I didn't find funny, but the way he said it, I was like, well, that's a funny joke. Yeah. Because right? I'm a kid and I don't, you know. Have we done City Slickers? <laughs> I don't think so. Oh. Yeah. But yeah, so I'll, I'll say mildly rewatchable because I think it's, it's a super easy movie to watch, but I do think it, it's weird because like I was saying, I think I have conflicting feelings about it because it's both a, a clever script that's kind of pushing the romantic comedy genre genre forward mm-hmm. while simultaneously I feel like the some of the directorial cho- choices are are you know lifting things that have already been done mm-hmm. so I'm just kind of left with a movie I think is okay right yeah that's fair uh, what about you Simone um I'd say yes um I like for me I wasn't super looking forward to rewatching it because I just kind of had um I don't know. I just was stuck in the sort of like romantic comedy um, version bubble, Um, but I really enjoyed rewatching it. I don't know if I'll rewatch it um, in like the next year, but like (laughs) in a few years, I definitely would like to sit down and rewatch it because I really enjoyed seeing it again. And I, I kind of liked it a lot more than I remember liking it. So yeah, I'd say yes. And and as someone that speaks to relationships, is this like a, a healthy movie to watch? Because I, I feel like there are a lot of like healthy <laughs> seven times or like unhealthy rom coms out there for people to watch that like get their expectations all messed up or make them think they can do things in relationships that are really unhealthy. Yeah, I think it's actually like one of the better ones because, like what you spoke to before, like the the idea of like it's not like these grand events that keep people apart, but rather people's like neurosis mm-hmm. and that it's not like entirely one-sided, like they're both kind of neurotic in different ways. Um, And I always say like, when you find someone who can be like your partner, like everyone is 
a little bit crazy. It's just like a matter of finding someone who's crazy, like works with your crazy. And I think that that they like, especially by the end, like when they're talking about like the coconut cake and getting the sauce on the side and you realize that like, they're both kind of neurotic, but somehow like their neurosis works together. So I think it's of, of the romantic comedies like that you have available to you. Like it's probably like one of the, I mean, still, Hollywood, but a little bit more realistic than some of the other things you can find. Yeah, I think yeah. so too. Yeah. yeah, I think you're bang on yeah. with that. Um, and I think it's rewatchable a few times. <laughs> um, I just like they all the filmmakers in this movie put so much of themselves into it. Like Nora Ephron actually orders meals like that, mm-hmm. like, and Rob Reiner, and Rob like, Reiner got a dialogue. Yeah, well, he also like he just got broken up. Like he right. was just divorced uh, when when he was making this movie. So they they put a lot of themselves into it, and are like that. There's <laughs> Nora Ephron tells a story when she's like she's on a plane back from Europe after the movie came out, and she starts ordering something, and the and the flight stewardess said, "Did you ever see when Harry met Sally?" Right, because she's so specific <laughs> with her order. Yeah, yeah. She's like, "I am Sally." Like that's that's, that's why. So yeah, I think it's a it's a quite a charming film. I mean, it's not going to change anyone's life, but uh, it, it's nice. It's Do you nice. think it's a good New Year's movie? Would you watch it at New Year's? I think, yeah. I mean, or I over think, the holidays. I think New Year's is all about finding something new in life, like reinventing it a little bit. And I think this movie is good to like find that joy a little bit. And so, yeah, I'm going to say it's a good New Year's movie. Hmm. Yeah. Did you guys see the sequel? Oh, when Harry a met sequel? Lloyd. <laughs> There's like there's like a Wait, funny what? or die like skit or whatever that stars Billy Crystal and Rob Reiner and a whole bunch of other people but it's, not Meg Ryan? No, it's it's when Harry met Sally too and it takes place like after Sally has passed away. Oh, oh, geez. Geez. oh god, that's so dark. <laughs> that's awful. Yeah. No, I I I I I say you should watch it. Okay, well, it's just like yeah, we'll link like to it. The end scene but Billy Crystal is alone on that couch being interviewed. <laughs> <laughs> Sally died 2 days later. Oh Jesus. It's really funny. That has Helen Mirren. Helen Mirren's the Sally in this. Oh, yeah. interesting. So classy. Yeah. And she's hot. <laughs> um, well, thank you so much for joining us, Simone. Oh, thanks for having me. It's been fun. And you're currently working on a book? I am, yeah. I'm currently working on my first book. Hopefully it will be finished soon and released into the world, but it's not quite there yet. <laughs> Does it have a title? It doesn't, but it's all about, um, it's a memoir about dating and relationships in your 20s. Mm. You, sh- mm-hmm. you should do what uh, Rob Reiner did for this movie and, and g- g- tell your friends that whoever gives you a title, they'll give them a bottle of champagne. That's what he did on set. Is that what he did for this? Yeah. Oh, and then oh he came that up is the a good idea. Yeah. Someone was like, Spinal Tap, that was already a movie. <laughs> yeah. That has nothing to do with this. If someone could help me come up with a great title, I think I'd give them more than a bottle of champagne. So, <laughs> um, and are you on, on Twitter? or? I am. Yeah, on Twitter, you can find me at Simone underscore Paget. That's also my Instagram is the same. Um, and you can also find me on my blog at skinnydip.ca. Perfect. Thanks. And I'm going to plug my own thing. Uh, oh, made, God damn it. I, <laughs> That's enough. <laughs> I made a web series. It, it took me about two years with my friend and uh, a guest that was on, uh, Jan Brown. And it's called Haunters. It's a musical. It's a web series. It came out today while we're recording it, but it will be out on YouTube.com slash kinda 
as in sort of kind of TV. So you can check it out there. Yeah, everyone go watch Blaine's show. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a musical. Each episode's like, what, four to five minutes, you said? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and there's like 20 episodes. It's a yeah. lot of stuff. There's 17 songs. It's going to be great. And if you want to follow Rewatchability, you can do so at Rewatchability on Twitter. You can join the conversation on Facebook. And you can go to our website, rewatchability.com, uh, for some back episodes. And where else can they find us? That's, that's about it, right? Well, where, what New Year's party are you guys going to? <laughs> if anyone wants to declare their love for Rob, where can they find you? I'm just going to be walking in the park. Oh. Yeah, at the top of the Empire State Building. <laughs> that's a different movie. <laughs> 